The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the Holy Spirit be upon you on this baptism of our Lord Sunday. Amen. Who here likes math? I hate it. I mostly failed at it in school. Mathematical paradoxes can be fun, though. Uh, They can give you something to think about. Take, for instance, one of Zeno's paradoxes. Zeno was a Greek mathematician and philosopher before Jesus' time. But uh, he noticed uh, this paradox. In fact, let me just, uh, let's just show it to you. Riley, why don't you come out up here and help us with this? I'm going to stand here, but you stand right over there. Actually, stand over there by that Christian flag. All right, let's say that uh, uh, you're at the, this, there's a street going this way down the church, and you want to cross the street. You want to get from that side to that side, right? So you're going to take one step, and you're going to take two feet. Take a step two feet. Okay, so you're closer to where you want to go, right? But let's say every step you take from now on, you cut in half the distance, right? So now take a step that's only a foot long. Okay, you're still a little bit closer, aren't you? Now take a step that's only six inches long. Okay, still closer. Now take a step that's three inches. Okay, you're closer. Now, I don't know, a half an inch. Well, let's just say you just kept on doing this, right? Every step from now on, you cut in half. Pretty soon, it's going to get to where we won't even see your feet move. You won't even be able to tell. You won't be able to cut the distance in half. But in theory, on a microscopic level, you can still cut each distance in half, right? But here's where the paradox comes in. You're not going to get to where you're going to go, right? Even if you were to try to do this for 100 years, as each step gets microscopically smaller, are you getting closer to the, your destination? Yeah. Not really, yeah. It's a paradox, yeah? Kind of interesting, huh? All right, thank you. You can, you can take a seat. You ever feel this way in life? Yeah, I kind of do with the pandemic and all. You know, it seems like we're wearing masks and we're getting vaccinated and taking steps forward as precautions, but we're no further to the end of this thing than we were when we started almost two years ago. What about your jobs? You know, you ever wonder if you'll ever get to where you want to be? What about eternity? Do you feel like heaven and the new earth are on the other side of the road and you're just not getting there because of all the problems, you know, most of them having to do with ourselves? Wouldn't you like to know if there's a solution to this paradox? Well, there is. We can begin to see it in Luke's account of Jesus' baptism. Now, many of us have heard the baptism of Jesus from Luke many times, right? We land on this reading every year in the church. And some of us have heard it 50 times or more. And the focus, of course, is Jesus and his baptism as he gets prepared to go out and do the ministry on earth and, and, and do the things that he came to do for us. Sometimes the focus is on John the Baptist and what he was all about. But have we ever spent much time looking at the people who came to be baptized? Not so much. What were they like? 
Were they like us? Well, we get some information right here in the text. Luke says they were people in expectation. They were expecting the Messiah to come and make their situation more livable. They might have appreciated Zeno's paradox because they felt like they were moving forward but never getting to where they wanted to be. They were in a predicament, see? They lived under an oppressive foreign government whose leader lived a thousand miles away. Their local king, Herod, was a tyrant and only looked after himself. Their own heritage as Israelites seemed to be getting them nowhere. You know, their land wasn't theirs anymore. God didn't seem to be speaking to them anymore. It was frustrating and had been going on for generations. Despite moving forward as God's people, all it seemed to be getting them was nothing but endless captivity. Well, we can identify with the predicament and weary frustration of the Israelite people on the shores of the Jordan River because we too have seen the failure of human wisdom, man-made rules, government. We are also people endlessly moving but seemingly never getting to where we want to be. This predicament has existed since the time Adam and Eve disobeyed God when the world was new. The ongoing problem of sin is our, ability, is, is our inability to not do anything about it. We can put band-aids on the problem of sin with social awareness programs and public service announcements to be kind and all of that, but it doesn't fix the core problem of sin. And worse, we often stubbornly refuse even to admit that we have a problem and that we are powerless to reach the destination. In this account from Luke, the people here on the banks of the Jordan River turn their eyes to John the baptizer, thinking that, well, maybe he's the man they've been waiting for all these generations. Maybe he's the solution to their problem. Maybe they'll finally get to where they want to be through him. But John quickly dispels this notion. He tells them he doesn't have any power. He's not worthy even to untie the sandals of the one who does. No, the solution, he says, is coming into the world. In fact, he's already here. But here's where the paradox comes into play in our predicament. Our predicament is our failure to accept that we are powerless to get to where we want to be. See, in Zeno's experiment, we find that endless motion forward without a, a destination because we're trying to cross the infinite distance up to the other side of the street with the infinite dis, uh, divisibility of the steps. Like we demonstrated, you just, just no matter how many steps you take, you're never going to get to the end. If we apply this to getting to our destination of heaven... The steps we take forward aren't so much infinitely divisible to the point we'll never get there. Instead, it's our sin which multiplies the distance between us and our destination. And that's not good either. John, the other gospel, gospel writer, has Jesus saying, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's you and me. And that which is born of the Spirit, that's God, is Spirit. 
We are powerless to create anything from, from within itself that's not already there. In other words, the dinner you make is limited by the ingredients you have. If we expect greater than human solutions from the ingredients of human knowledge and politics and our own ability, civil law and such, we will always be disappointed with the results of never getting to be where we want to be. But remember, I said earlier, there is a solution. And it's not from within us. The solution comes from the outside. When Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. The destination is now in sight. It's accessible. The distance is reachable. The Son of God, fully human yet fully divine, entered the waters of baptism. So in this man, the infinite and the infinite are miraculously and incomprehensibly made into one. God himself even announced it for everyone to hear. Jesus Christ is now revealed by the Father's own voice. We thought he was revealed in Bethlehem on Christmas morning. Yeah, he was. But there was more revealing to come. The distance between God and man multiplied every day by sin from the time of the fall of creation is now nullified, neutralized, negated. I mean, however you describe it, it's just, it's just not there anymore. The distance between us is gone because God went the distance for us. Jesus' baptism provides progress for us because the Son of God, as the Word made flesh, enters the water of baptism for all time so that He would meet us in our baptism with water and the Word. When we were baptized, our failed humanity was killed with Christ upon the cross. In the water, Christ gives up the life-giving Holy Spirit who creates faith in us to receive this new and everlasting life. And I hope I'm not sounding, sounding philosophical here. I mean, we confess. We confess. Every time we have a baptism here, every time we have a funeral, we confess that what Paul wrote in his letter to the Christians in Rome. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And when Paul says might, he doesn't mean, oh, maybe it'll happen, maybe not, I don't know. Might, as translated from Greek into English, has a future tense to it, as well as a present. It will happen it's already happened. The bottom line here is to rejoice because you've gotten something from God that you could never achieve yourself. The power of God to kill the old person in you and bring a new one to life has also brought the destination to you. We don't deserve it even though we might think we're good people and we go to church on Sunday. Jesus went where we deserve to go. He went to the cross and suffered enormous pain and anguish 
which we should have suffered as a consequence of our hatred, anger, disobedience, indifference to God, and everything else we do, which God made us not to be. Jesus went the distance for us. We do not know what it's like to be crucified Roman style. Yet we know what some of the consequences of our sin feels like. We have pain and anguish. Jesus experienced that with you and for you so that your sin wouldn't cause you to not reach the destination He wants for you, which is ongoing life with Him and all those who believe forever. Remember when we were toddlers, you know, barely able to walk? You remember that, don't you? <laughs> you know, and we'd stand on our dad's foot, right? And hold tightly to his leg as he'd, you know, walk us through the house. You know, and we'd squeal with excitement and joy. Even some of the preschoolers liked to do that here with me still, the four, four and five years old. They'd stand on my feet and hold my hands and want me to, to walk them around the classroom. For a moment, we became one with our big, powerful dad. You know, we could walk as he walked, go where he went because we had become part of him. Eventually, he'd pry us off his leg because he gets tired and his foot gets sore. But for that brief time, we could go anywhere despite our own limitations. It's still that way with our Heavenly Father. We're limited to what we can do to solve the problem that leads to our predicaments. But in our baptism, we, the powerless, have been joined as one to our God, our Creator and Lord. Not briefly, but for eternity. So we can rejoice now in this assurance that our paradox has been solved, our predicament has ended, and the means to arrive at our eternity eternal destination, long hoped for, has been provided. We are there. May it be so for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.